0: Oh, that never gets so. Promise you'll never let go. I don't want no one else. So we should be chilling back. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So tell me that. Tell me that. Welcome to another episode of Adulting with Wine. I'm your host, Sasha. As you know, we're doing episodes twice a month now. So. For this episode, I have the pleasure of having a guest who, of course, has letters behind their names, and we know that means that they're important. So, introduce yourself, Sandra. Let them know who you are. Tell them about the letters behind your name.
1: You're funny. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so my name is Sandra. I am a licensed uh, social worker and psychotherapist in Toronto, Ontario, more specifically, Mississauga. Um, yeah, so I have my master's in social work and uh bachelor's degree and like a whole bunch of other certifications, but that doesn't really matter. But yeah, so I've been, um, I started my private practice, like I was working at another uh, private practice and a couple of other before that. And I just found like two things that were really important for me and why I started my practice was essentially two pillars. And that is, um, I didn't wanna deny my faith and I didn't wanna deny my race. And those are two things that are very, very important to me Um, as well as just like approaching therapy from an anti-Black racist lens while also incorporating biblical teachings and and scripture and that type of stuff. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So if you didn't know from what she said, she's a Black therapist. So um, that's pretty important in in our community, I feel like, because I, I know for myself personally, finding a black therapist was so hard um, because if you don't have the funds to pay out of pocket, it's kind of just like you're fighting for a therapist that accepts your insurance and half the time, like they'll be like not accepting clients right now. So right. Um, it's such a niche and it's crazy because I feel like there's such a big network, but it's not a big enough because like our community is, I feel like, just starting to accept the fact that we might need therapy.
1: It's true, I- like, breaking that stigma is still something that that means work, right. <laughs> especially in churches. Like, I find some people, like, I, I had posted something a while ago, I'm not even going to name names, Um, talking about um, so my sister-in-law actually helps me run my my Instagram page. Shout out to her. Her name's Chantelle. So she had posted something um, talking about like a statistic that said that Black people suffer the most from mental health issues. And that's because of, uh, and I guess we kind of, t- you touched upon this the last um, one that I was commenting on uh, that podcast, but in essence, because of, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome that Dr. George Jagai talks about. Um, But there's so many remnants of that to this day, there's gaslighting and all this other stuff that's happening, right, that causes people to feel so isolated, disenfranchised, and essentially crazy. You know, I hate to use that word, but a lot of people feel that way, because when they're being told, like, your experiences are, um, you know, it's a one off, it's, it's not real, like, you're making this up, you know, when people don't believe your trauma of course there's going to be more mental health issues, but it's just not as recognized. And uh, a lot of people are not seeking the support that they need. So she had commented something about like, that is not true. And it's like, I recognize that people come from like an old school mentality where they don't wanna talk about therapy because if they do, they think that, you know, you're going to therapy because you're crazy, right? And I hate that term, but it's just like, it's just what people associate it with. And, you know, it's not just for people who aren't, um you know, are, are having some experiencing psychosis. It's really just for whether it's relationship counseling, it's like to, to get another person's perspective, you know, and yeah.
0: Right. I think, I think, and um, to piggyback on what Sandra said, because I, some people may be confused. She's actually on a live I did on Instagram with Autumn, who was on the podcast before, who will be on the podcast again? Well, Maybe we might do a little live. well to be, to be discussed. We don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> for y'all. but I like to use the word crazy because I think, um, one of the reactions I get all the time when I tell people that I've been in therapy and I've been in therapy for like three plus years now going on four years, I think Good for you and people are like, I'm generally a very happy person. Um, generally. So when people are like, oh yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm at therapy. They're like, what? You, (laughs) you're, you're, you, (laughs) You are you, you good, sis? I can't make, it's like, they can't wrap their head around like the fact that I'm in therapy. And I want to point out something that my therapist says is like, you're in therapy for people who don't go to therapy. So. Yes. (laughs) she's like you're in therapy for the people who don't go so you learn how to deal with them because my problem wasn't so much um I mean part of my problem I think of why I started going to therapy it was just like I was doing a lot of internal feelings but a lot of my internal feelings was how I felt towards other people and managing how I dealt with other people and that led to how I felt about myself so a lot of people don't recognize how that all connects and I kind of all like you know, goes in a circle. Um, you don't go to therapy. Then you start talking to other people crazy. And then the, the person is like, Psychos. right, right. Exactly. And also what you said about like people denying like your trauma, because a lot of people who don't go to therapy. They don't even understand what things that they do that are toxic. So they do it to you. And then when you're like, yo, I feel X, Y, Z, they're like, what are you even talking about? So that leads you to be in therapy too. Cause you're like, damn, i pra- do you know how many times I've told my therapist, like, if I'm crazy, let me know. <laughs> am I bipolar? Like, what am I? She's okay. like, I'm not <laughs> to diagnose you. Definitely. You're not crazy. Like this stuff happens. So mm-hmm. to a top the topic that we're gonna discuss today, which is boundaries, because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that um, as Autumn said in that live that like, you'd be on like, the number one of the number one things that people struggle with is boundaries. So is that something that you encounter when you are seeing people in therapy and how would you define boundaries as a therapist?
1: Okay, I'm just gonna give you a standard definition of boundaries as opposed to saying it off the top of my head. So um it's personal boundaries is to help define, um, to help define an individual by outlining their likes and dislikes and setting distances that one allows others to approach. So for example, uh, whether that's physical, mental, and emotional, psychological boundaries, and there might be some things that, you know, we talk about people who are involved in BDSM, right, they have safe play, right, and their boundaries might be certain words and things like that to kind of stop, like a red light, or I don't know, whatever they want to use. But in the same way, if you to apply that in your day to day life, something that you're not comfortable with, if you can just just voicing, like, this is not something that I like you know, I don't like when you speak to me this way. I don't like when this happens and distancing yourself from that type of behavior or pattern or something that's going to, I understand that there's going to be triggers in your life and in all situations and you can't control the triggers but you can control your responses to them, right? So there are some things that absolutely do better and like be mindful of how you're approaching the situation but oftentimes it's people that just lack boundaries in general and want to enforce their personal beliefs and biases on you right and then that's it just becomes like this really toxic cycle so if you just say like no this is just not something that i like it's, it's simply just being able to say no when something doesn't feel right or it's uncomfortable right um I think oftentimes like why people struggle to set boundaries like I, as a Christian I can I can say like I think it just comes from this level of wanting to be benevolent and wanting to do the right thing and be there for people and, and do as Christ would do and you know just be a good person but sometimes I think that we do that to the detriment of our own mental physical and emotional well-being right like I'm all for helping somebody if you physically can if you're physically able to if you're mentally able to right? But like, we can talk about setting boundaries and what that might look like. But if you're in a position where, um, you know, say, for example, somebody's asking you last minute to do something, and you're in the middle of doing something else, some people might actually feel guilty to say like, no, I'm sorry, I can't right now, because I'm doing something else, right? It's just being able to set those boundaries and say, I can't, and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I feel like
0: a lot of people have this guilty feeling is because like, you feel like, and I think this also ties into like being black and like dealing with slavery and even having a lot to do with our parents. Like the Mm -hmm. idea of like, you weren't allowed to, I don't know about you, Sarah. (laughs) I'm not allowed to say no to my No,
1: (laughs) why? Hand me that shoe over there.
0: So (laughs) So, being allowed to say no was like something that you don't do. So a lot of us, I think, come into this world of adulthood, and we're navigating other people. And it's like, I can't say no, but I don't want to do this. Or I can't say no, or I don't like this, but I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't find the words yeah. to say that. I, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm just supposed to go along with it. And I feel like that's something I struggled a lot with with friendships, um, especially. For a lot of reasons, not just one. But um, I feel like a lot of that ties into like the black community and the reasons Mm -hmm. why they say no, because a lot of it is like how you're raised and then our parents' parents and their parents' parents coming down from slavery, them not even have a choice to do things. It's just like, what do you
1: mean? No. (laughs) Absolutely. And a lot of times it's like our parents pass it down because they're doing it out of protection, not realizing where it comes from. Right. So as to not like ruffle any feathers, you know, just, 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 just say yes, just comply. And then you can do whatever you want later. Right. But it's psychologically training you that you can't say no in certain uh, situations and actually most situations. Right. So it's something that gets passed down. And this is like the book, post-traumatic slave syndrome by Dr. Joy DeGray. I'm totally butchering her last name, but it's D you I can't even look it up post-traumatic slave syndrome it's it talks about all of these like everything that you mentioned in terms of how um enslavement has its remnants to this day and has it impacted the entire black population regardless of what country you live in right and it's you know, if you're living in a majority po- uh, Black populated country, you might not see it as much because everybody, you know, from the bankers to the tellers to the, the government, they all look like you, but move that into somewhere where you're the minority, right? It, it, it's way more prevalent. But at the end of the day, you know, we talk about all these other things and whitewashing and so much other stuff that happens um, that it, that impacts the community, right? So like, you know, when you I don't want to get into bleaching and all that other nonsense, but All of this stuff like stems from white supremacy and how that's impacted the community. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of black people that are dealing with mental health issues that are going unaddressed.
0: Right, definitely. And I'm so glad that you brought up like white supremacy, because I feel like a part of my issue in dealing with boundaries, too, is like and why it hit me in adulthood, too, is because I kind of shifted from a world where I only mostly dealt with black people to sort of shifting to only dealing with white people. And that's- the corporate is, sector? You're like- <laughs> Me, wasn't prepared. <laughs> because white people know how to tell you no in every language. <laughs> and it's the same in every language, as my mother said. So- in, I know. <laughs> exactly. So white people know how to tell you no, where to shove it, where to put it from, mm-hmm. from early on. So going from an environment, where people are very nice and very accommodating, not necessarily accommodating, but like I feel like in in black culture in the black community is very um, seldom or very rare to find people who are entitled. Mm -hmm. Using that with a grain of salt for somebody comes to me and be like, well, actually my cousin, no, okay. You don't understand, have you dealt with Floridians? Uh, right <laughs> <laughs> but, um coming from like people who are not entitled to seeing people who are just like they get enraged over like the smallest thing they're ready to call their lawyers and all this other stuff and call they feel they feel a right to threaten you yeah. based on your right to say no or that, awesome. even not even not even the right to say no because in most cases when I've dealt with that it's like I'm saying no because it's my job to say no,
1: (laughs) but they'll feel entitled to threaten you. Sir, I did not create the (laughs) rule. I'm sorry. You wore the
0: shoes. You can't return them. That's not my fault.
1: I did nothing wrong here, sir. (laughs) The policy is there for a reason so
0: yeah so it's crazy i feel like a lot of people and i feel like a lot of people in the black community deal with that too like the idea of one of the things i wish i don't even wish but like i wish i had more experience dealing with white people earlier on in my life because i feel like that would have prepared me a lot more it would have saved me a lot of headaches um I think so. to realize, you don't know, you don't know how long it took me to realize people people's crazy the intro.
1: This I I kind of had an opposite experience where I grew up around a, like a lot of white people um and that really caused me a lot of self-hatred like I straightened my hair like it, it made me alter my appearance um constantly gaslighting constantly like you know I'm um, questioning my own identity where I come like all of these girls, so much so much so like I have trauma from that it's part of the reason why I'm in therapy and yes, therapists needs therapists too. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it would, maybe it would have prepared you more, but you would have had another set of traumas.
0: Right. Do. I mean, everything comes with a double-edged sword, right?
1: There's a price for everything. And it's funny that you say that because I think a lot of the experiences that we go through builds resilience, right? If this is why we're able to, when certain things don't go our way, there's not that sense of entitlement, right? Like something doesn't go our way, then it's kind of like not in the sense where, okay, well, I'm just used to things not happening for me, but more, okay, well, I'm gonna pivot and try something different. So I mentioned I was on the beach today, right? <clears throat> and I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she mentioned that, uh, she used to work at a uh, jail, and she was telling me that one of the inmates, his story was essentially, I shouldn't laugh, this is terrible, um, his parents took away his Xbox. He was really upset by this. His response was to burn down the house, Literally. And kill his entire family. What? (laughs) That was the so and like the house actually burned down so that everybody got out safely. But he was in the house and then he tried to run away and then like the police, the, the house burned down and like now he's now he's in prison, but it was because he felt like how dare you take away this Xbox and I'm like hold on something's taken away from you and your response is to burn down the house. He's a sociopath. But like, if you think, <laughs> like sis, if you think about the, like the history, think about America. Think about think about all of these things that happened. You didn't get what you want, so what did you do? Rape, kill, steal. Hmm. Crazy. It's protest behavior. I didn't get what I want because I believe that I'm entitled to getting what I want and because I haven't been told no before right and even if you are telling me no well, I'm not going to respect your boundaries and I'm going to get what I want anyways.
0: In this crazy my um, my boss from my last job he had he was white, of course, um, and he had he had two kids, I think two sons. And the first, he, you know how like kids are with iPads and stuff like that in their toddler's age, obsessed, right? And at bedtime, he said that he allows him to play on the iPad for a little bit, but you know, when it's on bed, he takes it away. So at that one particular night, he asked him for the iPad because it was time to go to sleep. He was just like, no, five more minutes. And he was like, no, you've had your time. Like, give me the iPad. Do so you know this little boy tried to hang it over the bed like he was going to throw it off the bed? <laughs> and I was just thinking about that. Like, I could never, like, I would never see an iPad again.
1: <laughs> Much like, less wake up next. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what what are you talking about?
1: You're threatening. right? Pardon? My, right? I'm confused.
0: You have a choice? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, What's was that like? Gasted. Tell me more. i Like, what? It's just like, but also, my question is just like, Like in a sense, they think like kids are not just born to just do whatever they want. No, it's, some it's type of environment. environment. and mm-hmm. Or even the type of person you are that projects to them that I can do what I want to. And it's funny because his boss, my boss was entitled to, okay?
1: <laughs> so- It's passed that, down. It's, it's that privilege. Like their right. privilege just reeks, you know? Right. It, it was it. Yeah. So it was just crazy to me.
0: So, um, getting into boundaries um, for someone who is just learning. You know what? I have an issue with setting boundaries with people. What is a first step they can take to sort of start developing their courage to start setting their boundaries with people?
1: So start small, like recognizing the first step would be recognizing that you have a right to protect your peace, right? And because you have this right to protect your peace and to protect your own, whether that's your sanity, whether that's whatever, you have an intrinsic right to be, to live, to, to breathe, to do all of these things, to learn. And if you're what you're going to do for somebody else is going to somehow impact one of these rights or one of your, your abilities to do something else. I'm not saying if you're sitting at home, kicking up your feet and somebody's asking like, Hey, like, I really need help moving this truck, but you're not doing anything. Right. I'm not saying, nah, I'm good. Like I'm just setting my boundaries today. And today is a no for me. I mean, but Technically you can. technically you can. you can. And I'm not shaming that personally. Like I, I take okay well that that's a whole other set of conversation I'm African and that's not that would not fly like that would not that's a conversation for another day anyway
0: right I, um, I, I feel you I, my parents are Caribbean so I definitely get it yeah and
1: I think it's a cultural thing like to see somebody struggling and in need of help and to, just to turn your nose up and say like I'm not going to help you it's one thing if you physically can't or you're not in a, a position to help them but I just feel as though if you are able to help somebody then my personal opinion this is not like my my judgment or my therapeutic opinion like i just help them right but in terms of setting boundaries it's really just recognizing what's comfortable for you what's uh what are you physically able to do what are you what can you do in certain situations like and i always give the example of you know uh again going back to like i grew up in church and the amount of times that i've been expected to do things that like I didn't, A, didn't want to do, wasn't given the training to do it, right? And I was expected to do like, wear 15 different hats. Like, I want you to be the youth minister. I also want you to teach Sunday school in addition to like organizing the choir, in addition to like five other billion gazillion things. I'm one human. I was in school full-time at the time. I was working full-time in addition to all of that, right? And it's like... (laughs) well, what do you mean you can't do it? And there's this like level of guilt, like, well, you should be putting God first. So there's sometimes, right. Like people just want to make you feel guilty for not being able to do certain things instead of having compassion and mercy. And the same things, if you're even going to talk about it from a biblical perspective, it's just extending that grace to other people, you know, and recognizing that not every, the same grace that you want to be extended to you will then do likewise. Right. So just I think we can also be perpetrators of not um, extending the grace to other people in terms of someone when when someone tries to set their boundaries and say, you know what, like, I'm just not going to make it out tonight, for example, you know, they're tired, they had a long day, and they just need some alone time, right? And you might be that friend that's like, well, just come out with us anyway, like, don't worry, it'll only be for like two drinks, and then you can go home. That's not really respecting that person's boundaries. Right? So sometimes it's like we can be in that position where we're expecting people to do something that's be, like they've said no to. Right. right? So so the would, first step.
0: No, go, Sorry? Ahead. Sorry. no go ahead. I was going to say, I think like as a first step to kind of just understanding like how, how do you respond to people's boundaries yourself? Are you receptive of them? Are you, also, does it make you angry? Because I think sometimes we, we say, like, people don't listen to us, but do we listen to them? um, um I, I recognize, like, a couple of times I've done that, it's kind of, I had to kind of check myself. Like, okay. Yeah. my <laughs> <dad. laughs> I told you what's up. Just leave it like that. And I think where I am now in my life is just like, I respect people who are just like, this is what it is, or this bothers me. Like, I respect people who, who set the boundaries. And let me know what it is. But there's a lot of people that will have problems with things and they fester it up and they they say energy and they don't tell you anything. And that, that doesn't help either.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't. And that's the thing. Like that's why it's important to set your boundaries and to say, these are the things that I'm comfortable doing. And these are the things that I'm not period without hesitation, you know? So In terms of like the first step to setting boundaries, it's really A, recognizing that you have a right to say no. And secondly, um, just starting small. It might be saying no to something that you know, for example, someone's asking you to do something and you know that it's gonna conflict with something else. You just can't do it. Or maybe someone's asking you to go out. It could be something like that. And you're really tired. You had a long day. You don't want to go out. You know, I always say once the bra is off, you are not bringing me anywhere. (laughs) Like, you can't convince me to go anywhere uncomfortable.
0: Once all my lights are off, goodbye. Good night.
1: It's a no for me. Mr. It's a, a no. no.
0: For me, yeah. I, I know in particular for me, don't tell me we're going out at 8 o'clock and at 8 o'clock, I don't hear from you. Because We're not going <laughs>
1: <laughs> my pajamas are on right. like, point,
0: don't hit me up at 10 o'clock tomorrow. we out no we're not
1: sorry you're, What's out. That? <laughs> right. exactly.
0: you're out I'm not responding um, <laughs> people don't recognize like even when we're talking about boundaries and I think we kind of touched on this like a little bit before like boundaries is a two-way street it's just not yes. even in you saying no to something there is a transference there Yes. It's still a two-way street. Like I can say no. You have to accept that it's a no. And then I have to accept where you lie with the no, where that puts you at. And because technically, even if you if you agree and okay, and I said no, and you said okay, there still could be some a rift between us because of what I said no
1: to, if that makes sense. Absolutely. There needs to be a level of respect. Right. right? Recognizing that as human beings, there's gonna be some things that are just either. Whether it's like, I'm just not comfortable doing that. You know, I've always said like, one thing about my personality, I'm also a Leo, I should mention that. Oh my God, I'm a Leo rising. Oh really? Okay. Like you can't make me do anything. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't want to. It's not happening. Like It's just not. So like peer pressure just doesn't really move me. You know, people like, oh, but like you have to. And I've always been that friend where, and i'm very protective of my friends as well my friends my family like such a leo okay so in that regard it's i have a problem when other people try to defy someone else's boundaries like that's something that really irks my soul so i remember one year we had a cottage trip and one of my girls she just doesn't drink like she's just it's not that like for any other reason other than the fact that for her she doesn't like taste alcohol right And everybody was like, well, you have to drink. Like you're at the cottage. Like, just try, just try. And I I was just like, she said, no, it's a no. Just leave it alone. She said, no. So she comes to me and she's like, thanks for having my back. And I was like, you know, whatever you need, I'm here. Like, if you don't want to drink, you don't want to drink. Like, I'm not going to pressure you to do that. Right. And like, mind you, she was, she's one of my friends, but like, she was coming out with my, my group of friends. So like the fact that they were doing that to her, I felt like I had to. I had to protect her. Right. So then later on, she was just like, I do want to try something, but like, I don't trust anyone else to make the drink. Like, can you, can you make something for me? And I was like, okay, I'll make it super late. Like I'll make something that's kind of a mixologist. Um, I'll make something that tastes like really fruity that you won't be able to taste like the alcohol. But that's the worst drink, Sandra. She don't know. She don't know. But I let her know. I'm like, these are silent creepers. So like, don't drink too much because then you will get drunk if that's not your goal. You know, then then don't drink too much. But if it is your goal, then hey, sis, the more the merrier, you know, right. like whatever it is, whatever you're comfortable with, like I respect it. So um, when people were like, Oh, now you're drinking here, do a shot. And I was just like, It's a no. Like, we have an agreement between her and I, you were not a part of that deal. Someone need you right. to step back,
0: you know, and, and it's like people, a lot of people feel that way, like um i had this a similar situation with a friend and we're not friends anymore where like i noticed like with her and her friend group they feel like every their their friends relationships is their mm-hmm. business and their priority that they, they get to have a say like in their friends relationships okay oh, so in this particular mind you me and her had a dynamic because i had just gotten into a relationship with a guy and mm-hmm. she was also dating his cousin so okay. um she didn't like who i was dating fine but okay they, so they also they had problems they had an issue with each other and i just said to her at this point y'all just not gonna talk and she was just like well i prefer My my to get along with my friend's boyfriends, and I was like, that's not a priority for me.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a you problem, sis. Right, (laughs) it
0: sounds like a you problem. And for me, what what became an issue is like she kept pressing the issue of trying to get her her, him back on her side, and I was just like, girl, you're making it worse. Just let it be, like, because by the time that you've been trying to do this, it could have been over. He could have been like, yeah, could have been cool by now. And yeah. what really tied it in for me was we went out. It was, I knew this person, like I had worked with him too. Um, like yeah. we were, we all have met from like the same job, but it was like his birthday and he invited some people like, but they're mostly her friends than my friends, if that makes sense. So got it. Yeah. like I said, her friends feel like they have, they should be involved in this, and people's relationships. So there's this girl there, and she was just like, you know, I'ma stay until such and such time because I have to go to work at a certain time. So I'm gonna head out. Oh. And she's like, Well, you will call out for your boyfriend, so why don't you just call out for me? And I was just like, Why are you give giving her such a hard time I'm about part it? Of the <laughs> like, oh like, You call out for your I was like, I understand. Sometimes you call out for your boyfriend because you wanna hang out with him. That's the only time you get, and
1: she, was like, she had a tough job. She That's a like, different dynamic in relationship, like
0: right. Why am I calling out to go get drinks here you when I really don't even want to be? Here? If she really don't want to be here, don't have me here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, get the hint, sis. And then, I'm trying right. to leave.
0: Right, and what really crossed the line for me is she started going to deep shit. Like he's doing this, and he cheated on you. So I don't understand why you're doing all of this for him, and da da da. And it's just like. And she ended up walking out, stormed out, mad because of all it is, Because all because she didn't want to stay for a drink to hang out with you. And I was like, "That's crazy." And
1: that sounds like some entitled behavior.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. And I can only
1: imagine. Like,
0: it never got to that point with her. But if that's what you think you was gonna do with me. Hell no. it's enough for me <laughs> because i was really standing there like why are you arguing about what she want to do she want to go to work tonight let her go to work
1: <laughs> are you and here's the thing though are you going to pay for my salary
0: i tell her to call out because she would get paid like she could get paid for it so she was you basically going to use like a sick day but it's just like how how, how do you get
1: to oh okay sorry do you, i don't know we don't have that I here Oh, you don't have sick days? Oh, sick days. Sorry, I was like, what is a call out? (laughs) Oh so
0: oh I mean it depends on the job.
1: It depends on the job.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's like for for most jobs, like if you are if you're using a sick day, you have to call out sick usually like an hour before you have to start work or something like that. Oh you have to basically call them. Even if you start start work at the same time every day, you have to call them or in my case, I would email or text my boss and be like, "Hey, I'm not going to be working
1: today. Okay, I'm going to okay. be sick." So fair enough.
0: She was going to use a sick day, and she didn't want to use a sick day. So it's
1: just like she wants to use a sick day when she's actually sick. Like, why? Why are you so upset? Right.
0: And
1: like, act- are you going to nurture me back to life if I'm sick? <laughs> and the other thing was was crazy mm-hmm. now that i think about it i had like a same instance with
0: her trying to dictate to me what i should do about my sick day regarding another friend so in this case i had a friend she was pregnant she wanted me to take her um her pregnancy photo shoot i'm not a professional photographer but i can take pictures i went to school for like yeah. Television and radio. I know how to edit photos. Okay. I know how to do graphics. I know how to do that video <laughs> edit, all that type of stuff. So she was, I was just like, okay, I'll call out to do it, but you're going to pay me $100 for the photo shoot and I'll edit mm-hmm. it for you, whatever. I'll do it just like a photographer. Mind you, that's way cheaper than yes. an actual photographer. And she's yes. like, you should do it for free because you're a friend. I was like, I'm taking off work. That's a day that I could have used for me. I'm charging her $100. And turns out I never got the $100. Do you know that girl let me wait around all day and never showed up?
1: So. I would have been big mad. I was big mad. (laughs) I never spoke to her again. Very, very. I I understand.
0: (laughs) Because it's just like, I could have been, that's my time. Like my time is my money. I could have been doing other things. I could have went to work. I could have, imagine because I just started this job. So I asked him for this day off for you After I'm just starting his job, for what? And you want me to do it for free? No, no, ma'am. So it was just like... Boundaries. And even then, I didn't even know I was doing boundaries then. like, He said, no. But where I got entangled, is just like, I felt like, and I feel like that's another thing. Boundaries are different levels to boundaries. Maybe you feel comfortable with telling people, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Like, if I don't want to go somewhere, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to tell me how to feel like, I guess that's my Leo rising. Like, if I feel the way, like <laughs> like, I'm very, like, I'm an Aquarius sun. So I feel like I'm very go with the flow. Like, you know, it's whatever. Like, I don't mind. Like, a lot of things doesn't phase me. And I think because a lot of things don't phase me, people feel like, oh, Sasha's going to be cool with it. And so it's like, But once I met no. that I'm not cool with it. <laughs> I'm not cool with it. <laughs> All hell breaks loose. Like, they're, right. they're exactly. thinking, like, how dare they, you say no? To right. Exactly. Like, Sasha said no. Like, I did say no because I can't say no. But the thing that I'm very certain I'm going to be no about is, like, no about. But it's just, like, when it came to, like, emotions and, and feelings and stuff like that, I felt like I couldn't say I don't like that. And I don't know what that is. So I guess there is. that's another level to it. There's different levels
1: to boundaries. Absolutely. I mean, they're setting boundaries and being able to say no to certain things. And then there's the emotional boundaries of if something isn't going to make you feel right, like it's it's just sometimes it's a vibe that you get from certain people. And I'm sure you've heard this saying before, you might not remember what a person does, but you'll always they'll always remember how you made them feel. And if being around somebody consistently enough is going to make you feel, you know, insecure, or is gonna make you feel less than, or is gonna make you feel some type of way that doesn't sit well with you. Just set the boundary and say, you know what, either I'm gonna limit my interactions with you, specifically if it's family and you can't necessarily cut them off or you know that there's you're gonna have to see this human, um, just to limit your interactions with that individual, right? And to, to limit the, the conversations you have. Like, I am i don't even want, I don't know who's gonna watch this, so I just I don't wanna say too much, but, <clears throat> I'm sure everybody has that a family member or somebody that just there is a human that I know of. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. But just really tests all of my patience and all of my boundaries. So what I've done is essentially like is set an emotional boundary for myself and not even allowing her. To penetrate those walls okay so in the sense that i know who this like i I know what to expect from this individual i know that in interacting with this individual she is emotionally unstable so she can be really good with you and not even like in a matter of days like in a matter of moments, sasha okay so she can be good with you right now and then 10 minutes later she's just mad i don't understand why but that's not a me problem that's a her problem right So I've learned over the course of many years, unfortunately, it took me that long, um, that her feelings and the the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of her feelings isn't impacted by me. That's something that she has to deal with. And for many years, I thought that she was like that because she didn't like me or because she was intentionally doing something to harm me. Until I came to realize, no, like she is like this with everybody. Mm -hmm. And when I took that, when I took notice of that, I started saying, why am I letting this affect me? Why am I being impacted by this person's clearly emotional instability, right? And I can't recommend therapy to her because this human being, no matter which, like there's just some humans out there, therapy or not. Like you said, your therapist said to you, you are in therapy because of all the people in your life that don't go to therapy. Okay? <clears throat> Most people are. And it's not even because they're dealing with any emotional It could be emotional trauma, it could be whatever, but oftentimes it is because of all the other people around you that are causing you to feel so angry and frustrated, right? Because they don't know how to deal with life. (laughs) Like so they're taking out all their frustration out on you and they're doing a whole bunch of other things. It's yeah, yeah, setting those boundaries and to say like this is just not a relationship that I think is is serving me, or I know that I need to limit my interactions with this human being right right and sometimes it's even like calling that person out or calling the person in and saying hey when you say that it makes me feel this type of way and i would appreciate either refrain from saying that or i'm gonna remove myself
0: mm-hmm. that's actually what happened to me with that girl i was just like at one point got to a period where i was just like listen i think what really took it over for me is she was at a point where she was just like I do so much for you and blah, blah, blah. And the last thing you want to say to me is how much you do for me. Don't do it no more. I was like, you no longer have to do anything for me. We are no longer friends. That's it. <laughs> and she's just like, no, no, no. I was like, for my mental health, we cannot be friends right now.
1: Go ahead. Because
0: Go ahead. I'm not going to do this back and forth with you because now, now you're playing tip for that. I will do that. But one thing I want to ask you is like, do you feel like oftentimes, like when we start setting boundaries, we can reveal, like we, we start dealing, like we're dealing with the same person, but in different forms of people. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like for me in particular, like I've in in starting to, like, do therapy and starting to set boundaries with people, I realized, like, the people that I've had problems with setting boundaries with were literally the same person. Like, <laughs> okay, internally, but not externally. Like, I was dealing with different people, but they all had the I same. I got
1: you. Traits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same personality traits or like, there's different. <sighs> I'm very careful not to diagnose people or to say certain things. But I mean, like, if you look at um, NPD, narcissism uh, personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, there's some people, there's a lot of people out there that, that <laughs> exhibit those traits that don't even know it um, <clears throat> and are very selfish and very, you know, self-involved. So if something doesn't appease them or doesn't, it's not to their liking, then they throw a fit or you know, all hell breaks loose or whatever the consequences or repercussions of that, right. And I, it goes back to like, I understand protest behavior and like, anyway.
0: I love that you call it protest behavior. behavior.
1: Yeah. Well, there's protest behavior in different things. So like protest behavior is essentially trying to get what you want by, by throwing, not necessarily a tantrum, but like by getting upset by it, you know, like if you look at couples or relationships, when, you know, your boyfriend might not answer your call or your girlfriend doesn't answer your call. So instead of just saying like, this is something I don't appreciate, you know, when um, you don't return my phone calls because like sometimes I'm just genuinely concerned for your well-being or worried about you. Right? I'm not talking about somebody who's calling like a gazillion times a day. Like you're calling and that person doesn't answer and they don't bother to call you back. A protest behavior would look like, well, instead of me voicing how I feel, I'm gonna make you feel what I felt. And so to do that, I want you to notice me, but I'm not gonna voice it. So it's kind of like passive aggressive behavior. And I'm just not gonna call you for the next three days and, and I'm 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 doing this in protest to what you've done to me. Right? I see,
0: I see.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of us do that. Like it it happens sometimes. You just like you, like you said, check yourself and, and really see, am I? there's not a human being on earth that is perfect but again setting those boundaries is really recognizing what gels for you what works for you what works for your mental well-being and your your stability you know I had had a friend that this human was like the biggest gaslighter of all time like I remember one time we had a conversation we were having a car like it, I understand in the context of Canada, the population of Black people is literally less than eight percent versus thirteen percent of the population in the United States. Oh wow! Right. So the amount of Black people here is significantly less. Yet we're still overrepresented in the prisons and so many other things in the school-to-prison pipeline. So I was talking to her about that, and she said, "Well, I don't actually think that's true." You don't believe in? This is not really. This is not really a debate like this is a fact right. right and i said you know um we were talking about something and they said well somebody who was white is more likely to get off or get a, a lesser sentence than somebody who was black who committed the same crime or probably even less than she's like that's not necessarily true fast forward years later now uh there was a documentary i think you you probably heard of it the one they see us or you probably saw it yourself oh uh, um, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: the one with the um is honor five? Five. Yes. Okay. So her comment to me was, well, it's good that there's like documentaries like this because it brings awareness. And I said, it brings awareness for you. A lot of us already knew that this stuff happens. It is your privilege that you're able to shut it down. Well, I'm not really involved in politics. And I said, here's the thing about being apolitical. When you're choosing not to pick a side or not re- like re- remain involved in what's going on in the world, that's a privilege. Right, because what you call political is somebody's very personal life. The personal is political, so it's your privilege that you're able to shut this off and say, "Well, it doesn't impact me, so it's political to me." So my boundary was, "Well, I'm just not going to associate with you anymore." I had a conversation with her about it specifically when everything happened with George Floyd, right? That that triggered a huge alarm globally, right? But she's always been really silent about injustices, but yet she was like, she was a culture vulture, right? She was somebody who would Protest because? Oh oh no, she did nothing. Like she didn't. She didn't protest. She didn't. She didn't say anything. She was very silent about injustices. But dated black men. Slept with black men. Even made like really inappropriate remarks. Like even to the point where she would say like, "Oh, that person's so hood. That person's so good." I'm like, "You can't say that." Let me explain to you why. And she's like, she would always try to flip it on me. And I'm like, "Honey, I'm light skin, but I'm from the continent. Me and you are not the same." right don't like there's no comparison here so stop with your nonsense even to the point like um not respecting boundaries this is what I'm saying I had a really rough day at work where I had um I was working in a mall at the time this was years ago and somebody had walked up to me and I was wearing this pendant and he walked up to me and wanted to have a conversation with me about Egypt. a whole conversation with me and I don't even know this man from Adam okay and then he started making allegations and he was saying things like, you look like, like I'm trying to figure out what your ethnicity is like. like You look like, like blackish. I hate what men do that. I am and I was like, just ended there. I just said, sir, I'm a human being. Like, it's really not, I'm not really even trying to have this discussion with you. And I ended it there. You know, this man looked me in the face and called me the N-word. Sasha, when I tell you I was pissed the whole day. Like, this is not something that I could just like turn, like I was I was mad upon, angry upon like so many other things. And I was feeling so many, like it, people always say like, you know, you don't really know what you're gonna do until you're in the situation. The level of anger, the hurt, like I wanted to break down crying. There were so many things that were going on inside of me all at once. And me and her, this happened on Halloween. And we were supposed to go to a party with her family her cousins and her people, all white. And I was like, see, after this encounter, I just like don't want to deal. You know what her response to me was? Well, why are you even letting that get to you? Ma'am, ma'am, that is a very unvalidating response,
0: okay? Somebody called you a Karen, you'd be in your feelings,
1: so I'm sure. And, and then <laughs> I said like, I don't really feel like going, like I just need you to respect that. And she kept insisting. And here's where I went wrong is that I didn't maintain my own boundaries. I still end up going, right? And she's like, what's your issue with Halloween, anyways? And I was like, well, number one, I'm a Christian. Number two, I really hate all the cultural appropriation that happens on Halloween. People trying to, you know, be King Ted or Cleopatra or be, you know, um, indigenous people like trying to like stop. Stop. I can't do it. It irritates my soul. I I hate it. Okay. And she dressed up as a cat. And this woman says to me, well, am I like appropriating a cat because I'm dressed like this? And I was like, you're not funny. What is wrong with people? It was shit like that, that she would say on a regular basis that I just like, I started to pull away from the relationship, but I was like, let me have a conversation with her about it. And I noticed that anytime we would disagree about something, it had to do with race. Every single time, all of our disagreements were race related. George Floyd happened that murder happened I called her out on it privately like I didn't go like say anything publicly and I said like I just noticed that you've been really silent she's like why because I don't post and I said no I'm talking about historically over the course of our 15 year long friendship also I've always been somebody who's very vocal about that right it's on my personal Instagram page and stuff like that like dating back to when I first had Instagram in 2014 okay I noticed that she would like all of the other pictures around it, but she would never like anything to do with race. Wow. And this was somebody who at the time was my best friend. So it was just like, it was, it was a combination of so many other things that I was just like, my boundary is I cannot associate with you any longer. I tried out of the goodness of my heart to say like, you're trying to see the good in her trying to have a conversation, but instead of her hearing what I had to say, no, she gaslighted everything tried to manipulate the situation, tried to make herself use her white fragility while um, I feel X, Y, and Z. And like I said, irrelevant right now. So just setting those boundaries and maintaining them. This was somebody who every time I realized that anytime I was in her presence, I would come back heated, frustrated, and angry. And I said to myself, and I, I knew I made a mental note, I said, one day me and her, we're gonna, Me and her are going to really butt heads and it's going to, it's going to blow up. And it happened. Like it happened because it's just like years of frustration. And I said to myself, girl, that is, it's partly my fault because I recognize that she never respected my boundaries. When I would say certain things and I say, I don't want to do certain things, or there's something that didn't sit well with me. She would always try to challenge that instead of just respecting, I'm saying no, you know, and my, my fault's. to to that it was was allowing her to do so you know not continuing that that friendship and i'm not saying that everybody has the opportunity to say no because sometimes there's a lot of like in trafficking situations like we it's not so easy to say no in certain situations where your your rights are essentially being infringed but in this i had every reason to walk away and my dumb ass not i tried i tried to have conversations i tried to be nice i tried to i tried to educate her until the point where i just got so frustrated. i'm like i'm done i'm done educating you it's not my job to be i read this post and it said something to the effect of and and like this this is more um in regards to romantic relationship but it was something to the effect of uh, black women are no longer going to be the um the therapist for broken men who refuse to get therapy. I was like, yes, yes. you like, that's me. I don't want to educate you. I don't like, I do this on a regular basis. I don't want to have to do that with my friendships. You know, I feel like with friendships, there needs to be an equal playing field. There needs to be a level of mutual understanding. It's the same way if you were to go to class, right? And a professor is teaching a lecture you're not gonna understand everything that the professor's talking about unless you did your readings beforehand. The professor's not gonna stop doing what they're doing to catch you up. So why do you now expect me to do the same thing for you to cut, to catch you up so you can be a part of the conversation? Now that race is getting the, the, the attention that it finally deserves, you wanna be a part of like, understand why. When well, I've been trying to explain this to you for years, but you refuse to understand. That's yeah. cognitive dissonance, that's not ignorance. <laughs>
0: Right, The just my job. My job to give them like, it's like a, a a document that HR passes around every time something happens. Like, here's a list of books. Here's a links of links. Here's a links of everything. Read all of this. This is why this is important. <laughs> Read. <laughs> it's everywhere. self
1: Right. I mean that's that's just it like I definitely believe that there needs to be a level of self education you cannot be an ally and pretend to be an ally until you've done your own work Right. but anyways back to boundaries yeah but like so for
0: what you said <laughs> from your story I feel like for me what would have been like the red flag is when you called her out on like cultural appropriation and she compared her like her outfit which was
1: an animal okay. people right <laughs> what Dear. Oh, I, I but I definitely I addressed it then and she still had the audacity to come tell me like I just don't understand. And then she's like <laughs> It's not funny. Bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Girl. laughs> I like there's just some things in life like you you shut that chapter, you close that door and I want I wash my hands of you. Right. Completely. God bless you. I wish you all the best over there.
0: <laughs> when people start talking about their dogs and their cats and how dogs and cats are defenseless and humans are are um, can defend themselves, I'm like, girl, animals were domesticated. They still have an animal instinct. Every time somebody says, I I get mad when people hurt dogs because they're defenseless." I was like, you mean the the, the descendants of wolves? No. <laughs> Right, though the, them
1: if they're defenseless, you sure? Or did you teach them to? Be they are te- Can I tell you? I have a dog, and if I'm combing his his fur the wrong way, I'm his owner. Okay, he knows me. He loves me. We're good. But he'll lunge at me. The instincts are there. <laughs> they're there. He knows he like he won't bite me. But that's because it's me. But like to prove your point is that those instincts don't go away,
0: right? I mean, you. I think about it like if it was a me and a dog in a room, and the dog's food ran out. You know who the dog's gonna eat next? Me. <laughs> I might have the,
1: thought that I no, no, the maybe dog. Maybe a cat. A cat would, but a dog. A dog will die. Will actually like study. The the, the dog will starve.
0: Uh, I don't know. I never had animals,
1: so. Yeah, no, dogs. Dogs are are precious, but you no, know, I I feel what you're saying though. Cats, cats are um, they're savages. Like they will actually eat you. Damn, that's a if, yeah, if, that's if you I'm... pass away and there's a like you have cats in the house, they'll feast on your corpse. Well,
0: but well, look what they descended from. Like tigers, lions, that type of thing. I know. Like so, what do you guys expect? What do you mean the defense? Like i against whom? We're the ones who have
1: thoughts. We're the ones that don't have animal animalistic anymore. I know. And it's just, it's bonkers to me that she even went there with like, well, am I, it was, I'm telling you, it took every fiber of my living being not to punch in her throat. <laughs> I was like, what? And I was at this, like with her, her family that are all white it was the most uncomfortable night ever. And, and, and again, going back to my boundaries, I should have just said, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable. I'm not coming end of story and, and being confident in your boundaries to say unwavering to some extent, like this is just not something I'm doing. I'm not comfortable doing it and I'm not going to, I don't need to provide you an explanation. It's just to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think something else that's very important in boundary setting and just in life, like I learned this um, tip when I was looking for a new job from my last job was just like, you need to find people and places where the values are the same, because once the yep. values are the same, you'll find that you'll stop struggling with people. And I think for me, like on my journey with people and, and having friends who were like, who didn't have the same values for like as me um one thing about me is I'm always doing something new I'm always trying to do something new I'm always trying to do something with myself like adulting with wine was a thought that I had for a while and I, love I just never acted <laughs> on it and that one friend that I had I'm telling mother like yeah you should do it yeah you should do it blah 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 but it was just never like any like enthusiasm for them to learn anything and I felt like and that energy also fell into me because yes. like, she'll be like oh I like how like you can you you know how to do like I, I know how to do photoshop and she was just like mm-hmm. oh, can you teach me and I was like, like find something that you want to like you want to draw or mm-hmm. or want to learn how to make and then we'll, well hold yeah, right exactly because that's what I did when I wanted to learn like I learned on, at my last job um, my first job, sorry, I learned that at the first job I ever had how to learn Photoshop. I saw him do it and I was just like, How you do that? And then I found something that I wanted to draw. He showed me like the steps on his computer. I watched him do it because that's how I learned initially. And then I found something mm-hmm. I want to draw and I tried it myself. And I kept doing it, kept doing it until I got better. I mean, can I draw now? No, but I know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> How to get it done, yeah, right. I know what I need to do to get what I need to get, so that energy just never translated with me. And then, like, now that I have the podcast and I'm meeting people, I'm finding that, like, she wants to come back in. No, oh, okay, <laughs> been blocked for years. Uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> does still watch my page. Who knows? Good boundary um, setting, <laughs> um, okay. but um, I find that like when I'm meeting new people and the energy that I receive from these people is just like, they're motivating me. They're putting that energy out here. They're doing things for themselves. And that just makes me want to be around them. That's what I was seeing from my other relationships. So it's kind of like when you're navigating like your self-healing journey, you need to be finding people who are on the same wavelength, you
1: know, do what you- And that was the thing with her too. I like I've been saying this for a while with that with that one particular friend. She never took it upon herself to learn the things that I was interested in and the things that and mind you like my whole circle were kind of on the same wavelength in the sense that we have when we would have conversations she would kind of sit back and say nothing unless her friends were there and then she would want to step in like her friends had birds of a feather flock together okay so i don't know how me and her ever flocked because we were just not of the same feather ever like it just it was not a thing so um i would have game nights pretty frequently and i remember one time she has one friend who um is of indian background and he made a comment like oh that girl was pretty for a black woman and myself and my other friend were like pardon like and we had to we challenge that, and then this same person was like, "Well, he's allowed to have his preferences," and I was like, "You need to stay out of this conversation, like you stay out of every other conversation. Everything about race, you want to stay quiet, so you can stay out of this conversation as well. This is not a matter of preferences. That is a very racist remark to make. I like you're sure pretty, pretty, pretty for a black woman. She's purity. She is pretty. Period. End of statement." <laughs> right so it's like i i felt like i was constantly so i'm telling you once i locked that off her whole bundle of friends i was like y'all can go out the window too <laughs> all of y'all can go
0: oh yeah you know? i did that too you gotta I... you gotta separate yourself once i removed her from my life, i was just like i followed everybody that was ever connected to them to her yes. if like i met them myself like through the job or whatever i was just like yeah I don't want y'all to think like this is an opportunity for y'all to keep running back and forth because that to keep I, I up. Wanted, yes. I expect that's what they were doing because I blocked her but I kept like certain people that I met through her on my Instagram and it was just like there was this particular party that I went to that she threw with her friend and I was tagged in one of the photos and I kept noticing like I kept being tagged and tagged and tagged in this photo over the period of time that she was blocked and I'm like what the hell is going on? So I was just like, yeah, I have to remove myself from everything. From All of you, yeah. But it's this to be like a talk, like talking to you and
1: talking talk your own circle. But I'm to me, <laughs> Exactly, um, and that's the thing. Like you have to be around like-minded individuals because, as you said, it definitely elevates you. And this is, it, it's setting your own boundaries as well. It's recognizing, it, it's just a smart goal, essentially. You know, putting yourself in alignment. Right. If you're seeing people who have the same type of values. And I think we need to normalize saying this person is my friend, this person is an associate, this person is an acquaintance and putting people in the proper categories, right? Because that also sets your expectations and help you helps you manage your expectations. There's a book um, by Dr. Uh, Darius Daniels and it's called Relational Intelligence. And he speaks to that very thing of really knowing people's categories and essentially being able to, to have a container and set the boundaries and and essentially manage your expectations for each and every single type of relationship, right? I'm not gonna expect the same things from an associate that I would from a friend. And I wouldn't expect the same things from a mentor that I would from a friend, right? So just being able to recognize who is who And you don't need to call everybody up in your life and be like i just want to let you know that i have moved you from the front you have now been digressed (laughs) uh you are now an associate like that conversation doesn't need to happen right it's 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 a mental shift and it's it's sometimes even noticing okay this is something that i know if that person calls you out and says hey i noticed that there's been a distance and you can just say honestly i don't think that we're on the same page at this point in time you know i still care for you as an individual. I still, you know, I have whatever, whatever you want to say in that moment. Um, I just don't find that it's beneficial to be spending as much time with you. Right. Sounds harsh, but sometimes you just have to speak the truth.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that because it's just like you you'll find yourself like, and that's something that I my, my therapist told me like early on. It's just like I felt like and this is something that I've done to myself. It's just like you will put yourself in a position to fail if you're trying to make everybody your friend and you're holding them up to the standard of where you want them to be as your friend and they're not there so you need to meet them where where do they fit in maybe you just go out for drinks with them but you can't talk about your work life or you can't talk about business you can't talk about where your goals or maybe they're the person that you go to with your goals and you never know like with people like it could shift it can go and i'm kind of like in a place where i'm like learning people and
1: kind to like develop relationships with people so it's kind of just like we gonna see it, and that's just it is being open-minded and having an open heart about who you are and let's see where this goes yeah and, and so i remember having it yeah and i find that a lot of people are so like let me backtrack for a second. <laughs> I have been somebody who in the past was very guilty of this person just does not align or does not correspond with certain things in my life. So this means that I need to cut them off completely. And that doesn't need to be the case. It, literally in those situations, it's okay. You can't be my friend, but we can be associates. We can be cordial, you know? I was kind of, I kind of approached everything in life from an all or nothing perspective. And I realized that over time and I was, you know, I, I made adjustments and I recognize everybody has their place in their in your life. There's some people that I can talk to about everything with, you know, I can talk to them about relationships. I can talk to them about career goals. I can talk to them about whatever. Those are my bona fides. Those are the people that I can talk to about, you know, the, the, the really core group of friends. And then there's some people that I know that, I could only sip wine with you, you know, there's other people that I know that I could only pray with you because if I talk to you about anything too much, then you're going to try to over spiritualize some things and and I don't want to hear it madam i'm good, thank you, thank you very much, you can pray for me another time but I, i'm okay um so I am now able to, to recognize who is who. And just put them in their boxes right. Definitely,
0: because you won't drive yourself crazy trying to make everybody your friend, your friend, friend. Yes,
1: like, they're not. Yes, them. and that's people pleasing too. Right. Right. People pleasing will get you nowhere. Like nowhere but lost, confused, upset, distressed, hurt, or what? Right.
0: Then like I said, like, it's kind of just like you're setting yourself up to fail because you, in essence, mm-hmm. are saying like everybody's the same. Everybody's
1: not the same. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Not everybody. One thing that will knock you off your feet is knowing that not everybody is as good-hearted as you. Some people are just out here running around crazy.
1: Sasha, that you said, so I remember as a child, my dad said to me, Sandra, if you expect every single person in your life to have as big as a heart as you, you are going to set yourself up for disappointment. You are going to be very, very miserable, right? And I remember those words resonated with me because I'm somebody who, another characteristic of a Leo is like, we have big hearts. Like I'm very, very giving and I want to love everybody, but cross me.
0: <laughs> I love that you Black people, I am Blackiana, okay? you know,
1: I will block. You. Goodbye. You, t- I, you are so dead to me. Like, I just didn't have an in-between. It wasn't. Brother, you know recognize- not, it doesn't matter either. And, and that's the thing too, is like, it comes with growth as well as recognizing again, everybody has a place in your life. And some people, maybe you've just outgrown them and they don't have a place in your life. Right. There's some people that all I did with them was dumb crap. I don't do that dumb crap anymore. I don't have a reason to have you in my life more like I've outgrown you bye you know um, so it's really setting those boundaries in your life and recognizing who is who putting the people in the proper categories but also recognizing is this serving me and if it's not then then reassessing the, the reassessing and reevaluating the relationship. Reevaluating right? their box should they can you
0: free up that box for somebody else. Thank
1: yes. You. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I'm somebody who's constantly learning and growing and evolving. You know, I was the the master, the queen of the cutoff. Yes. You're, you're making me
0: feel like we're so relevant, like, like related because I used to black people like you, I
1: wouldn't even say yes. you you're just black. Like There was this dude, okay. Me and him were talking for a little while and he, okay, so there was like, over a stupid minor, like not even, it wasn't even a disagreement, sis, like it was just like not even a converse, I can't even remember, it was something dumb, right? Like when I tell you it was absolutely trivial and stupid, right, something that, and I've always said this, there's some conversations that you need to just have over the con- over the phone or in person, because if you try to have them through text, you're gonna go on this back and forth. So we're in the middle of this conversation back and forth. So I called him. He ignored the call, and I said, "That's all it took." Fired. (laughs) It wasn't even like that. Was all it took for me. I was just like, and I mentally checked out. So he wanted to respond back a couple of days later. Oh, the (laughs) thirty-minute. Oh, hold on. A thirty-minute voice note of a character assassination. Okay, let me let me premise this by saying that I recognize, cause I'm somebody who's also very self-aware. And when I do something wrong, I have no problem admitting it. So I said, this is where I went wrong and I just want to take account and I want to take accountability for what my actions were. Here's what I did wrong. And I apologize for these things. I was very specific. What did this man do? Took like four or five days to respond, which at that point I was just like, I don't care. When he finally did respond, it was the 30-minute character assassination, where he said all types of things. I'm not even going to get into it, okay? And in that, he said, I just have a feeling that you're going to do something to make yourself feel better, aka block him. And he's like, I really want to have you a part of my life, but like we're just not seeing eye to eye. All kind of nonsense. So I didn't say anything. Then he just started having conversations with himself. So he was like responding to his own messages. Because at this point, after you've said the things that you've said, you've said what you said. And you ain't take Exactly. You need to take accountability for your actions. So he said that and I was just like, you know what? Here's where my boundary setting comes into place because I'm also somebody who I'm fiery. I know this about me. And a part of me wanted to, but I was just like, what is this going to do? This is going to feed into his ego more. He's going to feel more um, validated by me responding to the horrible things that he said. So I'm just going to leave it. And I had said to myself, if he apologizes, if he makes any acknowledgement of what he said and what, how horrific these things were, right? I'll okay, I shouldn't say horrific, but like the, the things that he said were just absolutely ludicrous, okay? Right. And, and it showed that he lacked depth, and it showed that he just didn't have any self-awareness himself, right? That is one thing that's a big no-no for me. A week goes by, I didn't respond. I think the last message he sent me was in March, since we're in June. I have not responded. He's been talking to himself, okay? <laughs> So I blocked him on everything at this point. Cause I was like, I've given you opportunities. You, he could have called me and we could have sorted things out. But at this point now you're irrelevant in my life. Right? So for me, I take this as a lesson learned that I've set my boundaries because I know what I'm willing to accept and what I'm willing to tolerate. I'm not willing to, to tolerate somebody who's going to disrespect me and speak to me in that manner. Right? And in the past, not that I ever, um, endorsed that or was okay with it. But in the past, the tongue is sharp. Like I would come back with a vengeance. <laughs> My boundaries were, you're not worth the energy. And, and by me doing it, what what am I gaining? Right. I was reading
0: something on Twitter the other day and it was just like, at some point you gotta realize like, your peace within is way worth more way more than going back, back and forth with somebody trying to beat something into the head. Yeah. But I realized with a lot of people that I was dealing with, aka that friend and even my ex, he was one of them. It's just like they they like that you get fired up that energy that you give them when you do. So they keep doing it. And you know when they say stop- Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that's what he was re- he was expecting me to come back with that fire. And I'm telling you, radio silence. I gave him nothing. Sometimes the oh, best
0: thing, this, the worst like, thing I just to somebody is nothing. Oh,
1: I'm going to tweet that tonight. The worst thing you could do to somebody <laughs> is nothing. That's, that's, that's a word. That's a hard word, sis. It is. Because some people like will expect you to clap back to say something. But sometimes it's just you recognize my peace. I'm going to protect my peace at all costs.
0: right Right? sometimes the boundary is that you do nothing
1: yes and sometimes yeah absolutely sometimes you need it it is i need to have a conversation with you and set my boundaries other times it's you're not you've shown me a history of not respecting my boundaries having a conversation with you about my boundaries is not going to yield any results so i'm going to respectfully remove myself
0: it's like okay saying
1: nothing (laughs) Bye. Boom! I'm telling you, I'm Absolutely. It.
0: When I say I'm tweeting that tonight, tweeting that, sis,
1: tonight. tweet it, tweet it. Okay. So. I don't have, I don't have the Twitter. <laughs> I feel like I sounded so old. I don't have the Twitter. Um, but
0: um, to close out the episode, what are? Do you have any more tips for people who are trying to work through setting boundaries and trying to work through themselves? like through self-healing, their peace, the peace that we've achieved, you as a Leo sun, me as an, a Leo rising, you know?
1: Yeah, so in terms of setting boundaries, I think, again, going back to the first step is really recognizing that you have your, you have the capacity to say no, but more than that, you are worthy of protecting your peace, right, and when you recognize that this is something that I have the right to protect my peace, I can say no. And even if that means that this person is going to be offended or upset by it, that's not a you problem, that's a them problem, right? So I always said, be respectful in, in your approach and what you say, just just be a kind human being overall. And if if you're finding that you've tried to set boundaries with somebody before and they're not respecting it, then that's, again, maybe it's just time for you to reevaluate the relationship.
0: Yeah. I would say like to add on to that like be true to who you are like don't let anybody like get, let you get out of character Let like, you be somebody who you're not um like you said the worst sometimes the worst thing you can do is nothing um mm-hmm. but um also with that just keep understanding that as you said like sometimes it's them and Something that I posted on Adulting with Wine, the Instagram page, because you should be following is. Oh, um, I am. (laughs) But everybody else. Right. Everybody else. People are listening. Um, But (laughs) a lot of all, and everything people do, a lot of the times, how they react to you is really how they feel about themselves. They think they 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 feel about themselves. And you know, as a little antidote on the end, a lot of things that I used to get about myself from people who I'm no longer associated with is like, um, they not want me to get too big headed or I feel like I'm better than them and all this other stuff.
1: Maybe That's a reflection of their own insecurity.
0: You feel like I'm better than you.
1: Not Yes. <laughs> you know what I would hear from a lot of women growing up was like, you must, you must think that you're better because you're light skin and you're pretty. I'm like, like, I never you, said that you say right. and that's, that's another that's another area of conversation for another day right but it's always like that's not me that's saying that that's a reflection of what you're thinking what's what's been indoctrinated in your mind. Right, not saying that it's that person's fault, but again it's a reflection of their own um, insecurities and thoughts that really you might not have ever articulated or said or even cared about in your mannerisms or behaviors to recognizing for yourself you know what that's someone's telling you i don't want you to get too big-headed or you're going to get too big-headed so what if i do (laughs) if If you don't like me at that point then you don't like me then we're not friends it's okay i'll have new friends (laughs) like and who else am i supposed to
0: be big-headed about than me like i had to check myself (laughs) the other day because i was just like wait
1: I sometimes you need to be your own cheerleader
0: because I, they thought that I was going to be big-headed If I'm not big-headed about me who wasn't supposed to be big-headed about you
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> right you know what's funny is that like I always say this growing up I was always taught you know you need to be humble you need to you know just be modest and be humble and all these other things growing up Christian anyways <laughs> But in an attempt to keep me humble, they did it. My parents did it almost to my detriment where they didn't give me applause. They didn't give me praise. They didn't give me anything. So I had to be my own cheerleader. And right now, my mom says this all the time. Like she laughs now, but she'll say something to me like, oh, you're so amazing. Or you're so this. And I just say, I know. (laughs) It sounds arrogant as hell, but like, like, and I don't do that with anybody else other than my mom. But I think unintentionally it's me trying to tell her you didn't give me this as a child i now need to be my own cheerleader clap for myself give my own give my own self a standing ovation and a round of applause because who else is going to do it you right. know that's what i'm saying the next time the
0: next time somebody tried me like that ever in their life talking like about they think i'm gonna be fake headed or i think i'm better than them i know because that's what you think I- so i am
1: Yes, you know I mean? you're absolutely right. You know, you, you are absolutely right. It's okay to be your own cheerleader, sis. It's if okay you think I'm better than you,
0: to think so that be you're it. That girl, you're that boy, you're that bitch, it's okay, because you should be that bitch to you.
1: Yeah. You should be yes. it you. Yes, yes. And I and I mean, I even tell this to my clients sometimes too, um, going back to a biblical scripture that says like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David was actually singing a song to God saying, I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So this man was praising God for the goodness that he gave him. We can do that, too. Look at ourselves in the mirror. Thank you, God, for making me look this way. Thank you, God, for giving me these abilities. Thank you, God, that I'm amazing, (laughs) you know?
0: Wrong yeah, with that. and that's how we're going to end the episode thank you God, for making us wonderfully made because we're it yes um yes. but thank you so much sandra for joining me and being a part of this Ooh. episode and doing the things i'm coming to toronto to visit you whenever y'all finish your lockdown Yes. That might be five years from now because Canada's not.
1: Open. Oh, girl. no, no. I mean, it's it's we're, we're going into the the reopening phase, like things are starting to reopen. But yeah, I, I'm just going to, my Instagram page is reestablishing connections um, on Instagram.
0: That's all. Yes, follow her there for more tips on your therapy journey, self-healing. She talks about the same things that I'm talking about and I'm going through. And as she said, she's a therapist, so she's going through it as well. Um, humanize your therapist.
1: And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Tell me on the best diet. I'll be feeling like you're I am. You know, on the best diet, you're fooling. I take me sign, Tell me on the best diet. I'll be feeling like you're saying, I am.